That's been really tough. Obviously when there's a workout you see, and you know, that workout's going to be really tough for you mentally. I just kind of tell myself, Hey, this is hard for everyone. It's not just hard for me. Like this is going to be hard for everyone. And I think it's so easy to tell yourself a story like, Oh, I'm going to be the slowest person on the team. I'm the only one that's like suffering, or this is only hard for me. But like remembering like, hey, everyone else is suffering. This is hard for everyone, not just myself and making sure I don't tell myself that story because when you easily fall into that trap of those negative thoughts and thinking to yourself, hey, this isn't a good workout for me. It's not going to be a good workout for you. So you have to go in it and think, hey, I can do this. Trust your training and trust that you can hang on with the team and that they're going to pull you through. another episode of Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today CrossFit Games athlete Lauren Fisher is joining me on the show to talk all about what it's like training for the 2022 CrossFit Games season, her move to Iceland, communication in the team setting, and what it's been like bringing all of these different personalities together in hopes to going to the CrossFit Games. Lauren also is an entrepreneur and the founder of Grown Strong, which empowers young girls to step into their power and take on the world. Can't get behind that message enough. And if you're interested in joining the Grown Strong community, Lauren's detox challenge, or anything else that she has going on, I've made sure to link all of that in the show notes. Also, while you're already in the show notes, please do me the giant favor of leaving the show a five-star rating and review. These help the show more than I can even explain. We are so close to hitting that number that launches us into a new tier of podcast experience, and I need your help to help the show get there. Finally, if you want more tools to step into your power, to find all the parts of you that have been silenced or told that where you were too much of, I want to invite you to the Wild Woman Retreat. My friend Amanda and I are hosting an amazing retreat right outside Smoky Mountain National Park in Tennessee in October that is all about unleashing the wild woman. It is limited and spots are filling up fast, but there's nothing more beautiful than the healing that can be done within community. I can't wait for you to be a part of it. And if you're interested, the application to become a part of the Wild Woman Retreat is also in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there. Until next week, enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. I'm sitting down with Lauren Fisher. It's super exciting because I feel like we've always connected in the fitness space when I was at NC Fit and you're competing and way, way back in the day when your brother was, I guess it was still NorCal CrossFit at the time. Um, I, I feel like we've always just orbited each other for a really long time. And it's exciting to chat with you in this context, kind of outside of the gym on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining yeah, of course. I'm super excited. We could finally make this work after going back and forth for the longest time here in Iceland. It's all good. How's Iceland been so far? Iceland has been a lot of fun. Honestly, I can't believe that I only have like less than 10 days here after I moved here in January to compete on the team with Annie for the CrossFit Games. 
So I've been here since January and we leave next week for our little pre-games training camp for Michigan. And then we'll head over to Madison beginning of August. And yeah, I cannot believe that the season is like pretty much almost over. And like, we're at like the pinnacle of like where our fitness right now. So I'm super excited. Yeah. It's like everything that you up and moved your entire life from San Diego to Iceland. What was something that was totally unexpected moving to Iceland? Unexpected. I mean, I wasn't expecting kind of the weather to be as drastic as it is here in Iceland, but everyone told me that I experienced the worst winter that Iceland has had in like years. Like it was snowing so much to the point, like where we were, when we even walked into our apartment one day, it was like the snow was so high up. It almost felt like I was walking into a hobbit hole because our door was like barely showing. And I think that has been like the biggest change for me because I'm Obviously, I'm a California girl. So growing up in the nice sunny weather, San Diego, sun is shining all the time. I've never had to like shovel snow from a car or do any of that. And then as soon as I moved to Iceland, I was like, so this is what it's like to live in a cold weather area. I was like, yeah, I don't think I could be living in a cold place for an extended period of time, more than maybe a couple of months or a year. Yeah. You're like, this is not for me. Yeah, (laughs) I did the same thing moving to Denver. I moved here in January. And from San Diego. And I was like, if I can get through a winter in Colorado, I think I'll be okay. But like throwing yourself right in from 75 and sunny to cold and snow shoveling is not the business. I've always wondered what it would be like to live in Colorado because that is one of the places where it looks like it's super fun to like be in Colorado with the outdoor nature and like all of the outdoor activities I feel like I could see myself there, but I don't know. Yeah. The wintry weather just can't do that. Yeah. At least there's something to do, right? There's a lot of uh, mountains around that we can ski and snowboard. So at least when it's cold, you're not just stuck being cold. You can do something with the weather. Yeah. What kind of prep or what was it like making the decision to up and move to Iceland? Cause your whole life is in the States, your business, your partnership, everything. Um, well, I mean, it all started from an Instagram message that Annie sent me like back in November asking if I wanted to be on a team for the CrossFit games. And I was like, cannot believe this girl is sending me a message on Instagram if I want to do a team for the CrossFit games. And I was like, I need to hop on a call with her and figure this out because obviously that's a pretty big move to move to Iceland. And yeah, I talked with Annie and she basically explained how she had pretty much all the logistics figured out for the team to move there. Um, and it was just figuring out the two other guys on the team. And then, yeah, I mean, before you know it, it was like January and I went to Wadapalooza to spectate and do some sponsorship obligations and then headed out to Iceland. And that's kind of how it all began. Wow. That's awesome. And it's the two guys, I know cons out there. Who else are you competing with? Tola. Uh, he's literally one of the strongest guys in CrossFit. He snatches like 300 on the regular and clean and jerks. I don't know, over 350, something probably even more than that. I'm sure maybe cleans like 400. I don't know. He's so strong. Yeah. Every single day I'm like, I can't even see what's on his, I can't even calculate what's on his barbell because there's so many plates. <laughs> yeah. You're like, carry the one. I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is it like competing on a team, especially with, cause I know when you competed in San Diego, right. You were like at Invictus with those people in the gym on the regular, what was it like to bring in people from all different parts of the world to bring a team together? 
Um, I mean, I kind of have like a little bit of experience doing a super team because back in 2019, I was on a team with Ras, my fiance, and then Reagan Huckabee, who lives in Oregon, and then Tommy Venus, who lived in Arizona. So we all didn't live in the same place. But I guess so it's I have some experience in that area. But this has been like completely different because I knew of Conantola and obviously Annie and I knew like we competed together and, but I've never really gotten to know her on a personal level. So this year has been like so much fun getting to know Annie. Like we just like joke around and laugh and have such a good time. Like we have surprisingly a lot in common. So that has been a lot of fun training with Annie and then Con and Tola are just like amazing. Con of course just brings so much like humor to the team with all his like slang Australian words, I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying half the time. And then Tola is kind of like a big brother, even though he's like the youngest on the team. So that has been a lot of fun because he kind of brings, brings that like reservedness to the team. Like he has a lot of team experience as well. Um, and we all just mesh really well, surprisingly for not really knowing each other before, before this season. What's the best Australian slang that Khan has taught you so far? Gosh, I don't even want to say it on the episode because he he says so many things. But I mean, what's the best one? Um, he'll just call people cunt out of nowhere, which is like not a word that you should be saying in America. But it's just like an Australian slang thing that they just say about anyone. I guess it'd be someone calling maybe like, I don't know if you would ne- reference it as like calling someone like a bro. Like but he'll dude. just be, yeah, like a dude, like he'll just be driving and saying, I'm like, cheese. And now all of a sudden, all of us are like, well, except me, but it's funny. Annie will say it every now and then, or like Tola when we're driving places. And it's just like one of those things that is like only Khan would say it, or he'll call something like a, I don't know why he says this, but he's like, oh, it's a big bopper. Like he just says the most random things, like the weight, like what he means is like a dumbbell that's really big. And he calls it like a big bopper, like just like (laughs) random things. Has there been anything? And I know this is a little bit different because Australia, my understanding is that they watch a lot of American TV shows and whatnot. So just as enamored as we are with their accents, they are enamored with ours. Has there been anything that you have said or that anyone else has said that Khan is like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Does it go both ways or is it? Actually, it happened over the weekend. I asked because so at my apartment complex, I live upstairs and the boys live downstairs in two separate rooms. And we kind of have like a communal sweeper, you know, where you sweep the floor with it. So I didn't know where it was. So I texted the boys and I was like, who has the sweeper? And Khan was like, excuse me. And I was like, the broom. I was like, the sweeper, the thing that sweeps the floor. And he was like, oh, I didn't know we had a communal one, but he's like, you can borrow mine. And I was like, he didn't know what I was talking about when I said sweeper. That's so good. Yeah, I think that that, you know, I want to dive into communication because obviously like there's not a huge language barrier here with what we're talking about, but the way people communicate or communicate most effectively, I think is something that we juggle a lot in life in general, but especially on a team. And I can only imagine that when stakes are very high, like something like the 2022 CrossFit season, um, communication is key. So what is something that you have utilized as a team or kind of bridges you've had to cross in the area of communication with one another? Honestly, I think one of the biggest things that we've learned being on, on a team is that, I mean, all people can't be communicating at once. 
Like there has to be one leader, especially when we're doing team workouts, we all can't be saying something. Otherwise it's just like the whole workout's going to be messed up because it's like, who are we listening to? So for us, I think it's like finding that one person who is a leader, who's going to make those calls and that we're going to listen to. And maybe if we do speak up, it's about like, you need to like one more rep, like you need to stop after this rep or maybe um, you need to break a set or something. But other than that, there's only one person communicating the whole time. Cause then it's like too many voices, too many captains, people saying stuff. And that's just like, that can never be good when there's too many people saying something at once. Totally. Who has kind of moved into that leadership role? Who is it that you guys look to or listen to? It really depends on the workout, but definitely it's been Tola who's like making the calls for the team. He just has that like calm state. He knows exactly like how we should be moving on the burpees. He knows like in a workout when we should be breaking sets. And so he's been the caller. And then it really depends though. Maybe if it's like ring muscle ups and Annie might be calling. So it depends what the workout is, but mainly Tola. And then if it had to be someone else, it'd be Annie. And then con counts the reps for us. So he's like the person who will like make sure he's counting if we're like at 10 or 20, he'll like count it out loud, except sometimes he's messed it up and we all yell at him like 20, not 18. (laughs) There's nothing worse than that. When you are like either, whether it is a teammate or your judge and you hear them say a number and you were just like, that is so wrong. That is so. Oh yeah. It just immediately raises your heart rate too. Cause you just have like, you have to yell it out. I mean, I don't want to do two more burpees over the worm. So all of a sudden someone will be saying it. And then we all just yell back like 20 and we get so mad (laughs) and it just like immediately sparks our heart rate and stuff. But So that's why we're just like, we need to stay focused and work out. Like we need to know where we are and like who's communicating and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What is the biggest conflict you guys have worked through together as a team? Biggest conflict, I think probably has been the worm. Uh, If anyone listening doesn't know what the worm it, what the worm is, it's basically this, like, it looks like a worm. It's how heavy is it? So seven, there's two 70 pound sandbags and then 200 pound sandbags. So it's around 300 to 400 pounds, this big worm. And we all have to move it. Like whether it's like clean and jerks or squats and you have to move it together as a team. And that's been like the hardest thing for us. Like we're obviously really fit, but it's like, this thing requires communication and requires everyone moving at the same speed. And there's like so many like little things that you like wouldn't think about with it. So that's been like definitely the biggest thing we've had to work with. Um, but I think we've made progress and I'm excited to see like by games where we'll be like with the worm. Yeah. I think you would not be the first team to say we struggle with that. I couldn't imagine trying to move that thing. I'm just like, why can they just like get rid of it? And can we just do like synchronized workouts or barbell stuff? But it is a great test of like teamwork. Yeah. Communication. I mean, fitness as a whole. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard, and I have fallen on both sides of the spectrum before. There's some people that prefer to work out alone, right? Compete as an individual. And you've done that for years. Um, and they make the argument, right? I am the one responsible for my own fate. I like can push it or pull off or do what I need to do to compete as an individual athlete. And there's other people that are like, nope, I need the team to 
kind of push me or communicate in this way or do these different things. And it actually keeps me more accountable because I have this whole team looking up to me. Um, what has been your experience with that? And where do you kind of fall on that spectrum? Um, so, I mean, I thrive doing like team just because obviously I've done team sports my whole life. But for me, I never want to let anyone down on my team. I don't want to be the slowest person. And so I can like push myself like even more on a team, which says something because I'm learning a lot about myself and how I compete individually. And like, I love competing individually. I think it's so much fun and it requires like a certain level of like dedication and also just, I mean, gritting out every single day, like that mental toughness, you have to like overcome doing things by yourself. And I think both are equally as hard, like competing individually versus competing on a team. Um, so, I mean, I kind of fall, I guess, in the middle spectrum, I can do both, which is why I competed at the games four years as an individual. And now this will be my fourth year as a team. Um, but I definitely noticed that like when I'm on a team, especially when I'm doing like synchronized workouts with Annie and we're going together and we just like go and I'm just like, I have like no room to even like say something to Annie to tell her to slow down. And I'm like, all right, we're just going to hold on and see how this goes. And then like, I end up holding on and I'm like, wow, I wonder if I would have moved that fast if I was by myself. Like I like surprise myself so much more. And I think this season I'm like learning a lot about myself and learning like my boundaries and how far I can push in workouts that like, if I hadn't done this team with like Annie and Con and Tola, like they're each like pushing me out of my comfort zone and it's like making me a better individual athlete. Yeah. I think a lot of people fall in that realm of, I don't want to be the slowest on my team or I want to push. Right. And just being objective, there's always, and I'm sure it moves around dependent on the workout and what's a wheelhouse workout for you versus someone else and all these different things. But have you found yourself in that position where you are, you know, in a workout that might not be a wheelhouse workout and you are like grasping to hang on? How do you, how does your self-talk change in that moment? And how do you kind of keep moving through as a team? That's been really tough. Obviously when there's a workout you see, and you know, like that workout's going to be really tough for you mentally. Um, I just kind of tell myself like, Hey, this is hard for everyone. It's not just hard for me. Like this is going to be hard for everyone. And I think it's so easy to tell yourself a story like, oh, I'm going to be the slowest person on the team. Like I'm the only one that's like suffering or this is only hard for me. But like remembering like, hey, everyone else is suffering. Every, this is hard for everyone, not just myself and making sure I don't tell myself that story because when you easily fall into that trap of like those negative thoughts and thinking to yourself like, hey, this isn't a good workout for me it's not going to be a good workout for you. So you have to like go in it and think like, Hey, I can do this. We've been like, trust your training and just like trust that you can hang on with the team and that they're going to pull you through. Yeah. Have you, is there a, a workout or a competition or any of any of that realm, um, in the CrossFit games or otherwise where you have found yourself, um, really having to come out of, negative self-talk and that mental state that you're saying, I'm sure it takes a lot of practice to remind yourself to trust your training. Um, mm -hmm. is there anything that sticks out in your mind? I mean, at semifinals, I was 
surprised that all of the workouts felt like really good for me, despite like, I mean, there was one workout, like the row workout that hurt. There was a, was it a 5k row for time with some sandbag carries and some sprints like that, like hurt, but it felt like surprisingly good. I think if anything, the worst workouts have been in training that we've done as a team and anything with like burpees. Um, it was actually one of the workouts we did, um, quarterfinals, was it quarterfinals or the open for our team? I think it was a oh, team quarterfinals. It was shuttle run with burpees over the line. It was like, uh, 10 burpees, 15 burpees over the line, two shuttle runs, 20 burpees over the line, three shuttle runs, 25 burpees. And it kept going up to 30 and then back down with shuttle runs in between. So it was a lot of running and it was a lot of burpees and immediately looking at that workout. I'm one of the people, one of the people who hates burpees. So like, I do not like burpees and it's something as a team, like we've all had to work on. And that workout was like mentally challenging. And I think we just like overpaced that workout going into it because we were nervous how the burpees were going to feel. And we ended up taking like 48th place in the world on that workout. And everyone was like, oh, CrossFit Reykjavik is so much hype. Like they're not as good as you think they are and all this stuff, because like we didn't do good on this one burpee workout. We've done that burpee workout now, like three times after that. And we've PR'd every single time. And now we have like a good enough score that will get us, I think like second place in the world. So I imagine we'll do it one more time before games to finally have like a top score. Wow. How do you keep that chatter out when you have the peanut gallery, if you will, saying that your team's overrated or you as a personal athlete are overrated? How do you kind of separate that? Um, so as a team, like it's, I know there's so many like people out there who are going to hate and who say stuff like that, but I think learning to not listen to them and not let it affect you because it's so easy to get caught up in what people are saying about us. For example, at the beginning, people were like, oh, they're just spending too much time doing TikTok dances and not enough time training. And it's like, okay, we can't have fun outside of training. We're in the gym, like four to six hours a day. Like, what else are we going to do? We need to have something outside of just thinking about CrossFit. And this is our way to have some fun. And then we ended up like doing or winning six of the semifinal events. So went six for six. And then no one was saying anything bad about our team. But it's easy now, even being on a team with Annie, for people to be making negative comments and saying like, oh, Annie just picked a bunch of random people on her team. Like Lauren's so overrated now. Like she's no good anymore. Like she'll have a hard time keeping up with Annie. Like, I think those are the hardest comments, but if you let that affect you, like it's going to be really hard come competition time. And I know like I put in just as much work as everyone else on the team and we're all working hard to lift each other up. And at the end of the day, it's us performing on the competition floor and not about what anyone says about us. And if you get caught up in that, it's just easy to kind of like think negatively about yourself. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm out here working hard, training hard, and that's, what's going to show on the competition floor. Yeah. And I'm sure having a team that can help you through those moments too, right? Cause it's not, I'm sure when they're saying things, you know, like Lauren's washed up or this, like, ouch, first and foremost, that's not deserved. But second, like to have a team where they can also help be the proof that like, that is not the case, right? You guys show up every day and you can laugh and create TikTok videos and also get down to business and let you know that 
there's a separation between the keyboard warrior and like what's actually happening. Exactly. Um, do you work with a mental performance coach or therapist or anyone that helps on the mental health side of competing? I've worked with a mental coach in the past and I found like a huge benefit from it. But I think mainly for me now, it's more like repetition with like my mindfulness, um, with my visualization. So I actually worked uh, in 2016. I worked with the guy who worked with Tiger Woods when he was like 16 or 17 years old. He lives in San Diego and now he does like mental training, I think, for the San Diego State uh, golf team and for some of the other sports teams. And he was so amazing. Like I learned a lot about visualization training and how that can definitely improve your performance. And from that, I've learned a lot. And also, just kind of overcoming negative thoughts and how you perceive yourself in your training can really affect you out on the competition floor. Like those stories you tell yourself like, Oh, I'm not a good swimmer. And you think to yourself, you're not a good swimmer. And you get out to the pool and you don't swim very well, but it's like, stop telling yourself that story. You are a good swimmer. You can do this. And then when you get out and you swim and you like focus on your breathing and small little cues, like it can make a huge difference. But if you think those negative thoughts, like that's exactly what's going to happen. And I mean, it's the same thing when you lift a heavy barbell, you can't approach that heavy barbell and think like, oh, I'm too small for this, or I can't lift this weight. It's so heavy. And yeah, you're not going to lift that if that's like the first thing that comes to your head. So you have to trick your mind to lift that heavy weight. And that's like, a lot of the time in the training we do, it's so easy to just get caught up in being like, I'm too tired for this, or I can't do this. And you just have to kind of overcome those negative thoughts in your mind. I know you mentioned the mindfulness practice. Um, What were some ways that you started changing that way that you talk to yourself? Because a lot of us, you know, we talk about it as being in psychology, your default mode network, right? Like this default way of thinking. And for a lot of people, it takes either working with a coach or a therapist or this big kind of intervention to reset or change the trajectory of that, you know, default mode in which you talk to yourself. I think it's something I've learned over the years. I mean, I've been doing CrossFit since 2008. And so I've learned so much every single year I've trained with so many different high level athletes. And I've learned so much from every single person I've trained with, like, Back in 2014, I used to train with Camille LeBlanc-Bazine a bunch and like the way she approaches a heavy barbell and the way she lifts it, like I learned so much from her. And then now like training with Annie and Kat every single day, like they are some of the like strongest women I know. And just the way they talk to themselves is just like so inspiring but it's not always all good days because they also are their hardest critics. Like there are days where they say like, this workout might be really hard for them or like they're not ready for this. And so it's just like from the outside looking in, you might think, wow, like Annie Thor's daughter probably never says anything negative about herself, but that's like far from the truth. We all are, are like greatest critics, but I think learning from each other. And it's been like so awesome with like talking with them more and just like talking about like these stories we tell ourselves and like learning to get out of that story, like stop telling yourself you're this way or just the way you start a workout. Like, what is your, like, how are you approaching this workout? Like, how do you look before you start it? I think it's so easy to just be like, 
this is going to be hard, but instead you need to tell yourself like, Hey, like I can do this. And yes, I can, like, I am capable of doing this. And so it's just like learning over the years, like the experience from other people, like you can learn so much from the people around you. I think that's probably one of the biggest, like lessons I would probably tell anyone who wants to be a high level CrossFit Games athlete is to like find training partners or find like a coach who's going to like push you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Being able to sponge all of that experience off of other people, I'm sure has only propelled you further and further in the sport. Mm -hmm. How this is kind of changing gears, because I know that you've been, and especially with the pandemic and everything else, you've been engaged for a while now. Wedding hasn't happened, but you've been with your partner who is also a competitive CrossFit athlete. How does, how do you turn it off? How can you go from like this competitor and communicating in a certain way on the competition floor and then carry that over into your relationship and have a different, you know, way of, of being with each other? Well, Rasmus and I have been together since 2000, what is it? 2014. So almost eight years now. And we used to train together and compete together all the time. And now me being away in Iceland, it's obviously been a lot easier, but I think for us, like we just get along really well and it's been super, I mean, training together twice a day and then also working together on our business, grown strong, sleeping together and eating together and doing like everything together. It can be easy to never really shut it off. But I mean, we, when we used to train together, I mean, we would show up to the gym and Rasmus would go with the boys to lift with the boys and I would go lift with the girls and we would do workouts together. And then we'd come home and eat together. And it's just, honestly, it works. Like it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say that, but it's just like works for us. And like, we just always, I mean, that's kind of why he's like my best friend and why I'm marrying him. Like we just, we'll come home and we'll both, we both used to know when it was like CrossFit games season, because we would get really snappy at each other. And we would just be like, okay, it's CrossFit game season. Like we're both really tired. Like that's why we're getting snappy at each other, but just like knowing like, Hey, this is why that person is being snappy at you. It's just because they're tired and just like small little things like that has really helped us, um, in the long run. And yeah. Y'all, I wish you could have seen Lauren smile when she was explaining their relationship because it was so sweet and so pure and so authentic. I love that. And I think it's huge, right? There's, um, Gottman is this, there's a way of couples counseling and this man, Gottman created it. And one of the things he says is like, when there's arguments in relationship, it's never or not often, is it about what you're actually arguing about? Like no one cares that the lid was left off the toothpaste, right? But you can dig underneath and be like, wow, we're both on edge because it's CrossFit game season. Yeah. So being able to really zoom out, whether that is in a romantic relationship, in a team competition setting or anything in between, like what is actually underneath this and being able to identify that sounds like it's been really helpful for you and your, all of the relationships in your life. Yeah. I mean, that is like so true in like couples relationship or couples therapy. It's like, for example, the other day, like Rasmus and I, we were just like talking about things and he was being like super short and snappy, but I know we just have a lot going on right now and he's super stressed. 
And I didn't say anything, but then he like sent me a message after and was like, sorry, I'm being so snappy. I'm just like really stressed out with everything going on. And I was like, I know you have a lot going on right now. So it's just like understanding that no one is ever like doing it because they want to be like mean to you. It's more because there's like some underlying thing that is going on. And so we're just really good at communicating with each other. Yeah. It sounds like it. How has it been? Cause Rasmus is still in San Diego, right? Yeah. So Rasmus is focusing full-time on our business grown strong. That's why it's able to stay up and running while I get to train in Iceland. I'm still super involved with the members in our community. Um, but Rasmus is more behind the scenes working on it and making sure everything is up and running and Yeah. So he's in San Diego right now, which is why he wasn't able to come to Iceland with me. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Having a, a long distance relationship, but also having a long distance business. Yeah. So long distance relationship. I mean, we've done it before Rasmus and I, because he lived in Dubai for over a year and a half. And I actually moved out with him like at the end of his stay, but for us, like it just actually comes really easy because we FaceTime. I mean, I'll FaceTime him about like the smallest of things. I probably FaceTime him like three to four times a day. It might sound excessive, but sometimes it's like a five minute conversation or it'll just be like, I'll tell him like some random story and then he'll be like, okay, I need to get going. I have something to do. And then he always knows I call him before bed. And then like, we kind of have like these like set schedules. Like he knows I always call him like right before bed and then maybe I'll call him and then he'll call me when he wakes up and then I'll call him randomly in the middle of the day about something. And then also too, I mean, he's like messaging me about things related to grown strong. Uh, we're actually coming out with a detox or summer challenge. So we're doing a challenge for non-members and for our members inside of our community. So basically it's a detox challenge that includes five daily goals, um, nutrition. There's like four daily foods that you need to eat within different categories. One of them being for like liver health, one being for like gut health and for your thyroid and these like foods that you wouldn't think about eating that actually have so many benefits. Um, so that's like one of the daily goals. One of them is like getting a, like, sweating daily. Um, one of them is dry brushing daily. So basically all these things to detox your inner body, which actually will help your body composition composition and also help you feel more energized and feel more confident. And not many people are doing challenges like this. And that's like one thing with grown strong, like we have a holistic approach with our challenges. We never want to do anything where it's like a starve me to death challenge. This is how you're going to lose weight. Like this is, this is a challenge that actually is something you can carry with you through the rest of your life. Like, it's not just something that's like, oh, a 30 day detox. And then you're going to like go back to your normal habits after it's going to be something that you can like ingrain into your new routine. So we're super excited about that, but it's been just like me going back and forth with him. And then also going back with one of our coaches, Rachel, just like about like the ab workouts or about like the yoga flows. And so we just have really great communication with our team. And we do like weekly zoom meetings to talk about like the new things going on within grown strong. And obviously our team is still small and grown strong is still growing, but it just, it helps having like a good team in the background. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really interested about this detox challenge because, you know, so often 
fitness companies, and I know Grown Strong has been different. And I so appreciate the holistic lens you are looking through with that company. Um, but so often, right. It's like, I think of like the 75 hard, which is just insanity in my head. I'm like, why does someone need to do that? Like average Joe does not need to do that. Um, where did you start kind of assembling all of this information? Because I haven't heard a single fitness company talk about thyroid health, right. Or these micronutrients that can aid in that or dry brushing. So actually it's my good friend, Jen Ryan, who's also our nutritionist at grown strong. She is so knowledgeable within nutrition and within areas, I mean, like detoxing. And so Jen has been like super pumped about this challenge. So she was the one I was like, Jen, we need to do a new challenge. Like we want to do a nutrition challenge. And obviously you're the expert here. Like, what do you think would be great for our grown strong members? And Jen was like, oh, I have this new thing, this detox with like with your liver and with your thyroid, and it's going to help improve your gut health. And she like goes on and on. And she's like, so excited about it. And I'm like, this is great for our members. And she's like, this will be perfect for the grown strong members. Cause she knows exactly like there's a lot of them that might message Jen separately about certain issues that are going on in their life. And Jen will get back to them with little nutrition tips that will help. And so she sees like what our grown strong members are struggling with. And it's like, okay, let's do a challenge that will actually help them. And so this is like one of the things we figured it's easy. It's attainable for our members. It's not something where it's going to be like super hard and they're going to do it after a week and then feel like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like we never want to make them feel like they're going to fail at anything. We want to make it like attainable. And so, yeah, Jen is awesome. And so she's behind the scenes nutritionist that brings all like all these great ideas. If we're doing like a nutrition challenge. Have you adopted any of these challenges so far or detox protocols into your life? Yeah. I mean, Jen also has helped me with my nutrition. And so I have learned from her, like what foods help detox my liver. And so I always try to like aim to eat like alfalfa sprouts daily. I've learned from her that like sauerkraut is great for gut health. And so I try to implement sauerkraut daily. I also know that dandelion tea also detoxes your liver and is surprisingly really great for you, but don't drink dandelion tea at tea at night. Cause it'll make you pee. So you want to drink it like earlier in the day. So like I drink dandelion tea, like every day. And it's also great for your skin health. I've noticed that like my face, like just feels more clear. Um, so like little things like that I've learned from Jen. So yeah, she's awesome. And she knows a whole bunch. And I think there's all these like little tips and tricks that a lot of people just don't realize like how beneficial certain foods can be for your body. Yeah. Have you seen that meme? That's like, if your girl doesn't have a caffeine addiction, anxiety, and like IBS, is she even an adult or like, is she even grown up? And I think that there's such a movement in the opposite direction now. And I laugh at that because I think a lot of people have all of those problems and are working on them, but there has been a movement to, instead of just making jokes about it or normalizing that, like getting away from that being the baseline, right? Like, can we actually optimize our health? Exactly. I mean, it's so easy for people to be like, oh, I'm lethargic. I'm tired all the time. Like I'm super stressed. It's because I work a nine to five job or I don't have time for fitness or it's just like super easy to make those like little habits part of your daily life just because of the way you feel. But I think like if you can make little changes like within the foods you eat, within like the workouts you do, 
like you are going to feel so much better and you're going to be like, why haven't I done this earlier? Which is like one of the things like we preach within grown strong within our grown strong community. It's like, Hey, it's more than just a fitness program. It's also like nutrition. It's how you approach your mindfulness. Like, do you sleep enough at night? Like there's so much more than, Hey, I want to lose like 10 pounds and get rid of my lower belly fat. Okay. Well, let's look at X, Y, Z. Why? Like what, how much are you sleeping a day? Like, what are you eating? Maybe you're not eating enough. Like there's so many other factors that go into it than just a workout. Yeah. People, I think it's been marketed to us for so long, right? That there's a one size fits all or easy fix to these things. And unfortunately there's nothing sexy about consistency, but (laughs) it's what works. Exactly. And I think that's the one thing that grown strong lives off of is like one of our slogans, our craft is crafted by discipline. And that is like consistent consistency day in and day out. Like our community is built by discipline. Like discipline is not usually the fun thing. It's a thing where your alarm goes off in the morning. It's like, do you hit snooze or do you wake up to do that? Like 20 minute workout. That's going to make you feel better for the rest of your day. Like it's built off of discipline and consistency, not just like a one-stop quick fix, uh, like whatever it may be. How has that worked for marketing in the fitness industry? Cause I feel like so much influencer marketing is like, try this fit tea or like six weeks to this, whatever. So how is it being so countercultural and what, or what seems to be countercultural in, in that marketplace? I think for us, like it's the same with my own social media. Like we've always been authentic and genuine to who we are, but it's so easy for the glamorous, like the glamorous fitness programs to do better or something that looks sexy on the outside to be easily marketed towards someone. But I think for us, it's like staying true to like what grown strong is all about staying true to our language. We're not going to be the people who talk about like sculpting sexy abs or like shredding belly fat in 10 days. Like it's going to take consistency and hard work. And I mean, it shows in the members that are part of our community. They're all women with real goals working hard day in and day out. And it just shows like who is attracted to our fitness program. And it also helps because the community is so strong, like supporting each other day in and day out. Like, I think that's what separates us from other fitness programs. Yeah. If people wanted to get involved in this community, how would they do it? They can check out grownstrong.com or at grownstrong on Instagram, or they can find more information on my Instagram. I mean, I'm posting about it all the time at Lauren Fisher, um, or you can also check out my website, lauren-fisher.com. And you can find more information about Grown Strong, my sponsors and all that there. Awesome. And you said that this summer detox program was going to be for members and non-members. Yes, it actually, well, if the podcast comes out before then, but it starts July 11th. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to link that if people want to get involved. I'm excited about it. I'm like, what can I do to detox my liver and my thyroid? Set up after this. Lauren, thank you so much. I so appreciate you being willing to sit down with me today. And like I said, I will link all the ways for people to get involved with Grown Strong, get involved with you in the show notes. Is there anything you'd like to leave guests with? Um, No, I think we covered everything. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you.